You are listening to the Phenom NFL Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analysts in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, my name is Samuel Sherry, and I am here with Sky Flanagan on episode 31 of the Phenom NFL Show. Sky, how has your week been? It's been pretty good, just working and watching some football. Yeah, I mean, we had a wild card weekend last week. We have the divisional round coming up this week, so we have some very good games, a few surprises, and uh, I think we are ready to get into it. So, to start, Doug Peterson got fired this week. So, this came as a big surprise as on the traditional Black Monday when Doug Peterson's team was already not in the playoffs, he did not get fired. So, Sky. What do you think are some possible candidates to replace him? Um, for me, I really like Colts defensive coordinator, uh, Matt Eberflus. What he's done in Indianapolis with a defense that doesn't have very many big stars. I know you have like Darius Leonard, but I mean, their biggest acquisition over the past couple of years was Justin Houston, who a lot of people thought that he was kind of past his prime, but they really turned into a an exceptionally great defense and their play calling has been immaculate over this past year. They've kept them in games, especially early on in the year where Phillip rivers was really struggling because rivers really showed his age this year. So that defense has been keeping them in games. And I think it's time for Philly to start going towards more defensive approach because now that they're trying to go towards an offensive approach. We've seen how it goes and, you know, Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay and some of those guys are kind of wasting years over there. Very true. I mean, I think the head coach depends a lot on what they decide to do with the whole team as a whole, meaning what are they going to do at quarterback? They have Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. And then in addition to that, maybe they will draft a guy. They're going to have a very good draft pick in this year's draft. Maybe that could be used in a trade for maybe a guy like Deshaun Watson, who we're talking about a little later, but, you know, I think some possible candidates could be the guys we've been talking about. BNME, Dable, they're the top guys. I don't see them really going to Philly. Who knows? Maybe Lincoln Riley, if he could coach Jalen Hurts, will go to Philly. I mean, that could be very interesting there. So I could see both those scenarios and looking forward to see what the Eagles are doing. So do you think – what do you think is going to happen at quarterback exactly? What will happen with Wentz? Do you think he's going to go to another team and they'll release him or they'll trade him or what? 
Um, wins. I think they'll trade him somewhere that can take the dead hit. You know, I don't think like the Niners are a good option. I've seen them float around a couple of places because Jimmy G is still on the big contract. I know it's not a lot of it's not guaranteed, but still, there's they've got to figure out what they would do with Jimmy G. Uh, I think the Colts are still the front runners, even though I know a lot of Colts fans don't want to hear that because there's been talk of maybe Matt Stafford going down there, and I'd much rather have Matt Stafford than Carson Wentz. So I, I don't really know where he'll end up, but I think he'll get traded. I don't think Jalen Hurts is the guy we saw in Week 17 when he just could not figure it out. I mean, he had eight yards in that third quarter. And, I mean, like we said last week, everybody was upset that they they took Hurts out at the beginning of the fourth, but he was doing absolutely nothing, and he wasn't he wasn't putting them in a winning position. The only reason why they were even within three was because of a couple of the blunders that Washington made offensively. You hit the nail right on the head there. Kurtz may not be the guy. So if they hypothetically were to draft a QB at their current draft position, as we said, they're going to have a pretty high pick. Who do you think are some possible guys? Zach Wilson, maybe? Justin Fields is not going to get to them. I think we could agree on that. But Zach Wilson, very highly touted. Do you see him possibly going to the Eagles? Yeah, I think Zach Wilson would be a great pick. I think he's going to be a good pickup for anybody that takes him. Uh, One guy that I was thinking about a little bit was Trask. or um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, Trask, but I I just don't see Trask going that high. I think a lot of NFL teams, from what I've been reading, are worried about some of his – accuracy problems and some of his decision making so I think it'd be Zach Wilson I I think if they don't draft a QB it'll be Micah Parsons if he if he falls to six but I think Zach Wilson is probably their best option they said the same things about Josh Allen when he came out in the draft and yes he was not very good with his completion percentage in his first two seasons but this year he's taken that leap to the upper echelon in completion percentage in the league i believe he is top 10 now when he was i think the bottom the his first two seasons so that that jump i mean we could see that from other guys as well i have been a big josh allen guy and i see some similarities there between him and trask so sky do you what would you do if you're the eagles in the draft, if you don't take a quarterback, do you maybe get a wide receiver if you decide Hurts is your guy? What do you – are you going defense? I mean, that D-line is still very good, so I don't think you really need to address anything there. But that offensive line is very injury-prone as well. So are you doing – I don't believe you draft an offensive lineman that high, but do you maybe accumulate some more picks, uh, take a lineman, and hopefully could build up your team if you decide the quarterback position is set? Well, they're going to have 10 picks in the draft. So I think what they do in the first round is important because there's a lot of good players. But also what they do with their other picks is pretty important. I think with that first round pick, the uh, early one, I think they're slated that six. I think if they don't take a QB, Micah Parsons is probably their best option. But it all comes down to who they hire as a coach before then. So if they take, like, a defensive-minded coach, Michael Parsons is obviously the guy. You put him with Fletcher Cox and Darius Slade, and they're going to be extremely good. But if you don't want to go defensive-minded, I think 
Panay Sewell will be gone by then. I think he'll be top five. That, that would have been great for whoever ends up being quarterback. But other than that, you could take Jalen Waddle. I'd be wary about Devonta Smith being super high just because he is – he had great success in college, but he is undersized, and he struggles running routes. He's extremely fast, though. That's kind of what got him open in college, but defenses are going to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't have Tyreek Hill speed, but he's also not a great route runner, and you need to have one of those – to be extremely hammered down in your skill set to be an elite receiver. I think Jalen Waddle's got both of those. So I think either Micah Parsons or Jalen Waddle for me. Those are some very fair points you brought up. So you really see the Eagles. It's really all depending on that head coach, and that's going to really dictate the rest of their roster, whether it's by QB and all the other positions. So it's going to go head coach and down, correct? Yeah. I would have to tend to agree with you mostly there. So I think that's a perfect transition as we just talked about the Eagles. I know we gave a little tease of possibly Deshaun Watson going there, but besides the Eagles, what are some possible destinations you could see that Deshaun Watson could be traded to if he is traded as there are a lot of rumors swirling. He didn't get input on the GM and He's not very happy about that. So he signed a big extension last offseason, but he may he may re- he may be traded. So what do you think is the potential compensation that the Texans would need and could get for Deshaun Watson and some possible destinations? I think whatever it is is going to include at least two first round picks. I think that's kind of a given along with the player. Least. Yeah. With along with a good player, and I just I keep hearing the Dolphins. I don't think the Texans are going to bite on Tua. I mean, even their own, even Tua's own teammates have came out and said, was it yesterday or this morning, that they're not even sure that he's the guy that he should be starting next year. So I really don't think the Texans would want Tua. I think some possible trade destinations would be um, Colts, Falcons. Or Broncos. I mean, he'd be surrounded by weapons in any of those. Uh, Falcons, of course, he'd have two great receivers and Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. But then Denver, you still have Cortland Sutton and uh, Melvin Gordon and those guys, and it'd make the AFC West a lot better. But I actually wanted to ask you, what what do you take? What's your take on the Andre Johnson comments that came out where he said, like, uh, Jack used to be in the organization, waste players' careers, and he hasn't done anything. And then a slew of former Colts players, including DeAndre Hopkins, agreed with him. What's your take on that one? I mean, the Texans organization from the top down, I mean, I feel like they have instability. I mean, they're the most recent team, obviously, that came into expansion. And I believe it was 2002 the year, and – they haven't really had any quarterback success before Deshaun Watson. Obviously, they had Matt Schaub for a few years, who was mediocre at best. Then they had at the beginning of the Bill O'Brien tenure some journeyman guys. And then, obviously, they had the fortune to take Deshaun Watson, who's been outstanding, led the league in passing yards this season. But overall, I feel like he needs to possibly leave town. I mean, 
I know he signed that big extension, but them trading DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, that was his best receiver. Will Fuller can never really stay healthy. Now he yeah. had the suspension. He, they haven't been doing a great job surrounding him with what he needs to win. Yeah, I totally agree. I just don't see any reason for Deshaun Watson to stay in Houston. I know J.J. Watt's upset with the organization, but Watt will never leave. I don't even think it's because of the Texans. I think it's more of the city. Mm-hmm. The city loves him, and he loves the city. So I don't think J.J. Watt will ever leave, but – I mean, Deshaun Watson has to get out of there as soon as he can. Yeah, J.J. Watt said to Deshaun Watson, flat out, we, we failed you. The Texans failed you. So Yeah, he said I, we, he apologized for wasting one of his years. Mm-hmm. Fantastic season by Deshaun Watson. He was throwing to just mediocre guys at best, and he still led the league in passing yards. Yeah, He had a majestic season, but some possible destinations that I could see are – up in the Bay Area. So to start the 49ers, obviously they have had some quarterback whispers with really everybody. So I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy. I don't think he's been the same since that injury we touched on just now. Wentz don't think he's the greatest fit there. Sam Donald, I've heard, I think that fits a bit better. But if you could get a guy like Deshaun Watson in Kyle Shanahan's offense, oh my, I mean, with that Niners defense, Nick Bosa and all the other guys they have. They drafted that guy out of Texas A&M last season in the trade for DeForest Buckner, who went to the Colts. So I think they are looking – they have the assets, I think, the 49ers. Yes, they don't have a slew of picks, but I feel like they could also give some veterans up who are pretty good and Jimmy Garoppolo as well to give the Texans a serviceable quarterback. I know you touched on – I still think with that, like, he's still throwing to a mediocre offense. Like, I know he's got George Kittle, but outside of Kittle, once he was Emmanuel Sanders, it kind of – they got him because they were pretty one-dimensional throwing. And I think they're right back at that. I just – I don't think Watson would want to go there because his only target is George Kittle, who struggled even staying on the field this year. That is true, but George Kittle is a top two tight end in football when healthy and also – they have Debo Samuel, a wide receiver, who is more of a, I guess you could say, guy who runs a receiver more so. He's not as uh, lethal downfield, maybe, I guess you could say, and not as a prototypical receiver. Yes, they could use another receiver, without a doubt, to bolster that team and that receiving core in that offense, but that defense is still very good. Maybe it isn't what it was last year, but I still think it's at the caliber that with a guy like Deshaun Watson – they are primed to be back in the NFC elite. And I really could see, I think it starts probably with three first-rounders, maybe two first-rounders, a top guy on that defense they would have to give up, and then maybe another third, maybe, or something like that. But I could see them as a possible destination. Then right across the Golden Gate Bridge in Oakland, I could see them as a possible destination. I mean, they still have some picks and some ammunition to deal from trades they've made over the years. So Oakland, I think, could be a possible destination there. Him handing the ball to Josh Jacobs. I mean, Derek Carr had a great season at the beginning. Obviously, we've talked about on previous shows how he somewhat tailed off towards the end of the season and the whole Raiders team did. But I think Derek Carr, if – 
I don't think John Gruden and Mike Mayock think he is the guy and an elite quarterback. So you get a guy if you could get a guy like Deshaun Watson, you have to take that opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think they'd be interesting because, like you said, you do, they do have Josh Jacobs and Waller has turned into definitely a top five tight end in the league. Agreed. I'd put, like, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller, honestly. I think he's he's kind of passed Zach Ertz to me. Maybe not in legacy, but in current playing, I'd say he passed Zach Ertz. The, the Falcons still really intrigue me. I mean – You've got a defense that's decent if they can figure out how to hold a fourth quarter lead. And then you've, you've got Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, and they've got a good tight end there. Todd Gurley's still running well. And the offensive line somewhat protects Matt Ryan. So I think they'd be, in my eyes, the best fit. But Oakland and the Niners are still pretty good. That's true. But if – the Falcons are able to convince the Jets to move down, per se, from, I believe it's two to four. I believe the Falcons are picking four. So if they could move up to two and take Justin Fields, I could see that as a great target for them, a whole hometown guy. He's he's a Georgia native, and I could see that as a possible situation for the Falcons. But when you look at it, we talked about the Dolphins a bit for – Deshaun Watson, they've been rumored with Tua and two first-rounders, including that number three pick that actually came from Houston in the Lamry Tunsil deal. That was obviously not a great deal by Bill O'Brien. He, he's not a very good GM. Sure, he's a decent head coach, but Bill O'Brien, the GM, got Bill O'Brien, the head coach, fired just like Chip Kelly did yeah. to himself. So maybe, unfortunately, he may spiral from this uh, plethora of – bad trades and bad signings and just bad decision-making period when it comes to the roster, letting his personal feelings get in the way of the team. But when you look at it, I, I think those are the two destinations really that are set apart in the, out of all the teams for Deshaun Watson, but sky, I wanted to talk about the Browns for a quick bit. I know we'll get to them in our week recap, but Quickly, so obviously the Browns beat Pittsburgh this week, which, as I said, we'll get into in a bit. But the Browns notoriously, obviously, have been known for blowing leads, the 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 drive with Elway, and they've always been known as just their hopes being destroyed. They come so close and they fail. So they can never seem to win. And Cleveland as a city was really like this until – Obviously, LeBron James, their savior, came and won it all for them. But when you look at the Indians, blew that 3-1 lead as well. So haven't won since the 1940s, a World Series. So when you look at it, Sky, are these the same old Browns? Or has the Browns, are they going to do something special this season? I know they're playing the Chiefs this week, so it's going to be very hard. But if they win this week, they've already done something very special. But do you think this Browns team has wavered from the stigma of the same old Browns and now in future years they're not going to have that monkey on their back saying we can't do we can't do this and everybody doubting the Browns just because they're the Browns? I think they are still the Browns. I think 
when you look at what's going to happen this week, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that the Chiefs don't win that game. And you've got – even if you do beat the Chiefs, you still have the Bills. Even if you do beat the Bills, you still have, in my eyes, either Green Bay or New Orleans. So it's going to be extremely hard for the Browns to do anything. I mean, I don't even think they'll get into the position that the that Cleveland had a few years ago. They – I think what people are kind of taking out of like blowing out of proportion is they're playing a divisional game. Divisional games can go either way. Like those teams hate each other and they hate each other even more because of what Juju said and all of Juju's antics. And we've seen when Juju says something or does something disrespectful for a game, they lose because football is all about morale and he just shoots morale into the other team. You know, it started with it started with AB and Lev Bell and what they did there. And I mean, I would honestly say Juju is as bad as what AB did in Pittsburgh, just because it's directly linking them to losing games. I mean, every team that they lost to late, Juju did something to to them, and they all said afterwards that they they were motivated by that. Of course, other than week 17, he didn't really say anything that. They kind of got him under wraps by week 17, but Cleveland was motivated. Their defense was motivated, and it reminded me a lot of the uh, Bengals game because that defense was Mm -hmm. coming after them too. And I know Juju had a good stat line or whatever, but, I mean, they wrecked Ben. They absolutely killed Ben. He had to throw for – what, he threw for like 64 passes or something like that. I mean, it was – they absolutely destroyed him, and I just don't think they're going to destroy Mahomes that way. That was how they won that game defensively was getting after Ben, and I just don't see Mahomes doing that. Ben wasn't athletic enough to get away from some of those blitzes. He didn't have the arm to throw out of a couple of those picks, and Mahomes has both of those. Yeah, I mean, Ben's best years are behind him, obviously, so – I think the Browns did turn a corner. I think you touched on it, though. Juju is clearly uh, not helping the team out by all his antics. But do you think this is Mike Tomlin's fault? Because, as you said, we saw the same thing with Antonio Brown with the social media in the locker room in the playoffs as well a few years ago. And eventually the next game they lost. So do you think this is a problem in throughout the Steelers' locker room? And do you blame Mike Tomlin? I do. I was watching Pat McAfee's show and legendary Pittsburgh voice Mark Madden came on and, and was saying it's completely Tomlin's fault. And he's calling for Tomlin to be fired because – I think that's a stretch. I, I don't think it is. I mean, you're seeing player after player after player come in and just have a terrible attitude. Like, with one or two of them, like if it had just ended with A.B. and Lev Bell, you could be like, okay, those two were coincidences. They fixed them. They changed the organization. But it continues to happen after that. And you had – even before those two, you had the Pouncey brothers. I know they only had one of them, but he, they were acting up. And it's just – there's no way that it's not Mike Tomlin's fault at this point. He's, he's gone too – he's let them go too far in each of those three players. I mean, they, they just keep going further and further. I think it is partially Mike Tomlin's fault, but I do not think he should or will get fired. First of all, P- 
Pittsburgh and the Rooney family, they don't make changes very often. So I think that definitely plays a part into Mike Tomlin very likely to stay in. He's a Super Bowl winning head coach. I know we just Tomlin's a great coach. He's a great coach, but I think his days in Pittsburgh are just numbered. You think he's wore out his welcome? He's he's just been there too long? For sure. What has he really done also like in the past few years? In the past few years? I mean, no, he keeps, but this he, is the didn't third he get to the championship row. game against New England a few years ago? This is this is the third season in a row when they just they start off great and then it just implodes. And I know last year they kind of their defense really carried them, but the season before they started off great, they imploded. Like he has a history, mm-hmm. at least recently, of just not doing anything after AB walked out of the building and Lev Bell held his way out. I, what, I don't I don't see what Tomlin has done. I think Tomlin would be better off leaving Pittsburgh and going to somewhere else because if he if he does get fired or he does leave, I mean teams are me clamoring over him. They're going to obviously want that him. That is but. true. He'll get hired in a second. And yeah. the thing is, as I said, I don't think the Steelers would make a change. The Rooney's uh, rarely do. But the thing is, Mike Tomlin, maybe he has somewhat wore out his welcome. And the thing is, maybe if Big Ben were to uh, this be his last season or next season be his last season, why will Mike Tomlin want to stick around for a rebuild per se? So maybe that's the opportunity when he could find a place to go and maybe go to a team with a great young quarterback, have this great team surrounding him. He's defensive guy and he could get this plethora of talent and try to win another Super Bowl. I think that now transitions good to our wild card weekend recap for our games. So Sky, we had seven games last weekend. What was your record in those games and what is your new record now? A terrible two and fifteen it brings me to five hundred. Two and five. Uh, fourteen right? and fourteen. Two and, two and five. Sorry, it brings me to fourteen and fourteen. Not very good. My record was four and three last week. Not a great week, but I'm still seventeen and eleven on the season. So, or since we've been making picks, so that is somewhat okay. So, Sky, run through your picks from last week quickly for us. So my winners were Colts at Bills. And Chicago at Saints. I had some upsets. I had Titans over Baltimore, which is kind of against the grain of what some people thought. Uh, I had Seahawks beating the Rams. I had, I thought Seattle was going to do a lot better offensively than they did. And then I had Pittsburgh beating Cleveland. I just didn't see, you know, Pittsburgh's second team kept that game close in Week 17. So I kind of and. I'll be honest, I thought Cleveland is Cleveland, so they were going to bungle it up somehow. But, yeah, that that was how my 2-5 and five week came down. So, as I said, I went 4-3, and three, and I actually – I bet on the Browns, and I picked them to win, and they did just that for me this week, so I was very happy about that. I doubled up on Buffalo for my one lock of the week, and I also took the – uh, my last one was the Saints and the Bears. I took the Saints in that one. And then for my losses, I had the Rams and the Seahawks. I had the Seahawks. I thought Goff was not going to play, and he ended up playing. And even if he did, I didn't think he would be 100%. But, again, we don't really know what the, what the Rams are. Are they the team that beat Seattle 
and beat them up and or are they the team that lost to the the Jets? I mean, what team are they? Are they a Super Bowl contender or I mean, I I've discussed with some a colleague of ours Cole about this a bit uh, the Rams in earlier in the season, are they a Super Bowl contender? But since they lost to the Jets, I somewhat wrote them off. But now, I mean, I know Aaron Donald got hurt last week, but do you consider the Rams Super Bowl contenders, Sky? Uh, Donald actually s- said that he's going to be 100% healthy for for this weekend. So that it's interesting how that will play out. But I purposely didn't have Green Bay on my locks this week because – Rodgers is 0-4 the last four games against the number one defense, and Rams is number one in total defense, scoring defense, and pass defense. I think they are going to be Green Bay's hardest beat of the year, honestly. They've got that incredible defense. If there's anybody that can put a stop to Green Bay's offense, it's, it's the Rams. And if there's anybody that can put a stop to the Chiefs' offense, it's the Rams. And those are my Super Bowl favorites. So, I mean – they could. It just depends on how, how Goff comes out. Or Wofford does not look like he's going to be able to to play this week. So it's going to be up to Goff, really, honestly. Yeah, I mean, my take is the winner of that game between the Green Bay Packers and the Rams will make the Super Bowl in the NFC. So that is my take on that. And no love now for the Saints. I think we are – Ready to uh, – oh, and my other losses were Baltimore at Tennessee. Tennessee lost in that one, to my surprise. As we discussed, now Baltimore is the hunter and not the hunted. Lamar got his first playoff win, so that was big. And then for Bucks at Washington, I took Washington in this one. In my defense, I thought Alex Smith was going to play, and he I was a last-minute scratch. So – that, I think, played a big part into the loss. I think they honestly could have won if Alex Smith played, but yeah. I guess we'll never hey, know. Heineke still played really well, but Smith just has that veteran leadership. I mean, you could tell, leadership. though, his throws. A lot of them were off, but. Yeah, I think Smith just has that veteran leadership that could have rallied them. But, I mean, Heineke still looked good, and I think I think he's going to end up starting for them next year. I hate to really? see it. I, I'd love to have Smith start. I really, I'd love to see it, but I just don't think so. Or they'll play Smith because he's got that giant contract. I don't know. I don't know how much left is guaranteed to that, but it is still very giant. But Heineke, I feel like he may not have had the best throwing, but I was very impressed with his running game. I mean, they didn't expect, obviously, the Buccaneers for him to run that much and be that successful. And he was actually very good at it. So I thought that was a very interesting element in the game and somewhat kept Washington in it the whole time. So I think that now is a good transition, Sky, to our games of the week on this divisional weekend. So there are four games, and then to create our seven picks again, we will be doing three locks. And since the games are getting – less uh games around we instead now you could pick as locks more than one like the same team can be picked more than once or unlimited times so in the super bowl i guess you're gonna have to go to make our seven picks give them six locks but uh 
that's going to be interesting. So the records now can get a little crazy. But now for our games of the week, Sky, to start us off, the Rams at Green Bay. Who are you taking in that one? I'm going to take Green Bay. Not on a lock, just straight up winning. Like I said, Rogers is 0-4 against number one defenses the last four games. And Rams' defense has looked extremely good. I mean, early season, there were a lot of rumblings on whether or not the Seahawks, like, if the Seahawks could make the Super Bowl. And a lot of people were saying that they could. And it was because of that offense, and the Rams just completely shut them down. It was it was honestly embarrassing for Russell Wilson. But the Rams will, I think, will lose to Green Bay. But I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up winning it. I have Green Bay in this one as well. But as you touched on it, I think the Rams are definitely – uh, contender in this game if they could do what they did last week and be the Rams team everyone thought they could be before losing to the Jets and continue this level of production. So I think that not a lock, just straight up pick. We will get to our locks in a little bit, but now Sky for our second game of the week. The Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills in beautiful Western New York, Bills Mafia, and Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen, both very good running quarterbacks who also have some decent passing abilities themselves and some good weapons around them on offense and defense. Obviously, the Ravens went 14-2 and last year, expected to even be better this year with the additions of Calais Campbell and some other guys on that defense, but they have somewhat disappointed until the end of the season coming back from the from basically nowhere and making the playoffs and ending the season on a very high note. I still remember that Monday night game and that Marquise Brown throw after Lamar coming straight out of the locker room, coming on the field and getting heroics in Cleveland. But, Sky, who do you have in this one? The Baltimore Ravens or the Buffalo Bills? I have the Bills. As a Chiefs fan, I would much rather have the Ravens just because – what Mahomes has done versus Lamar Jackson every time they've played. But I I can't pick against the Bills on this one. They're too hot. They're the hottest team in the NFL. And they're rolling right now. Well, as you know, I think the Bills are going to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. So I obviously have to take this thumb in this one. So I think it's going to be a very close game, though. Two very good teams. And I think it's going to be a very interesting one. But Give me Josh Allen, Bills Mafia, and the Buffalo Bills. Stephon Diggs has been a great fit there. And Cole Beasley has had a very good season as well, with John Brown being injured a lot of the season. And that defense is not not that bad either, with Trey White in the secondary and some guys up front with Edmonds at linebacker. So, Sky, for our next game, third game of the week, Cleveland at the Kansas City. Chiefs, I know who you're taking in this one. It will not be a surprise here. We all know you're a little biased for your uh, Chiefs over there with, with good reason. Obviously, they are a phenomenal team, though, even without your bias and are the favorites in this one. But, Sky, who are you taking? Kareem Hunt against his former team, the Kansas City Chiefs, or Mahomes? I I'm going to take Mahomes. I, I don't even think there's any bias in it. I just think – I just said the Bills are the hottest team in the NFL, but it's impossible to look at the Chiefs and not think they're the hottest team in the NFL. I mean, they've lost. I'm not even going to count Week 17, but other than 
week 17 they've lost one time in almost a year and a half like that's absolutely insane they're when you look at Cleveland they've got Jarvis Landry the running game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and Baker Mayfield but the Chiefs also have Patrick Mahomes they've got Tyreek Hill Travis Kelsey Sammy Watkins is going to be healthy mm-hmm. like they, and, they, and they've got a good running game if the line can protect it's not going to be pretty for Cleveland because the Chiefs defense, again, I feel is underrated. I know you you do not agree with that at all, but I think they're they're underrated. I mean, anytime you have Tyran Matthew, your defense is going to be good. But you add in Chris Jones and Frank Clark, and even Juan Thornhill and uh, Daniel Sorensen, who nobody nobody really talks about either of them. But when you have three options at safety that are just incredible like game changers we i saw Sorensen change a, at least a couple games this year for the chiefs and just turn it around i i think they're gonna win and i think they're my super bowl pick without any bias they're just they're an extremely they're good team most people's super bowl pick yes but sky so the thing is kansas city everyone's expecting them to win it all but the thing is, are we going to see the Kansas City team that played the Falcons, or are we going to see the Kansas City team that beat down the Bills? That's the real question. Because the Kansas City team that showed up against the Falcons will not beat this Browns team. It is a very stingy defense, and I think they have they've... front and a decent secondary as well, with enough help on offense with that great running game to, I think, keep this one somewhat close not close but somewhat close but i am going to take kansas city in this one and i will get to my locks in a week in a sec but i think the chiefs rise to the occasion i mean when you're playing team after team that really can't compete with you i think it gets boring i think that's what happened with the falcons very true they they looked bored and when they needed to show up they showed up Teams play down to their level of competition. Very true. But for our last game of the week, before we get to our three locks, the Bucks at the Saints. Guy, I had a lot of trouble picking this game. I went back and forth. I know who I wanted to take, then I'm like, well, this is the type of game where I would take this team and this team would lose. But ultimately, I ended up sticking with that team. But, Sky, who are you taking in this one? I'm going to take the Saints. I really – I did have trouble with this just because that Buccaneers defense, if – Division game. Yeah, that defense can be extremely good when they want to be, and they could easily shut down the Saints, but I, just, I don't see it happening. And I think the Saints are just a more well-rounded team than the Bucs. The Bucs are inconsistent. They are really wish-washy from week to week, and I think the Saints are just polished. Like, you know what you're going to get from the Saints every single week. You know, Sky, I originally had the Bucks in this one. Then I decided, you know, the Saints, the Bucks are the type of team that would lose in this situation when I picked them. But then I'm like, well, during this show, you kind of convinced me earlier to jump back on the bandwagon of the Bucks, not by saying the Bucks, but just other things we were talking about. And I am going to go back with my pick for the Bucks in this one. I mean, Tom Brady, obviously, in the playoffs has a great resume. Obviously, he's not in New England anymore, and he is a grandpa. But 
Besides that, I will be taking the Buccaneers in this one. I will probably end to regret this pick. But for now, to that ends our games of the week, Sky. I am looking very forward to getting to our locks of the week for this week. But I'm going to let you run through your three locks first. I've got to get back on the winning side of this. So I'm going to go. I'm going to use up two of my locks for the Chiefs. I'm going to have them taking down Cleveland. Yeah. So I was going to go up on them. Yeah. I was going to go. I was going to quadruple up on them, but my other lock is Baltimore or Bills beating Baltimore. I think I don't want to wage, I don't want to go all in on one game, no matter who's playing. It could be You're behind me by a lot, though. I mean, if you could have got yeah, four wins, that's. I could still get four wins, but it's like going. It's like going Chiefs versus Jets. I still wouldn't pick the Chiefs for all three of them just because, I mean, it's stupid to go all in. But, yeah, I'm going to have the Bills beating Baltimore. Hopefully pick up, you know, five wins on those two games and maybe get something going. You know, Sky, like the great Bruce Arian says, no risk it, no biscuit. And I am currently at a three-game lead against you in our picking standings but you know I went for the risk it I should I wanted to play a conservative but I really didn't like any of the other teams that strongly in their games besides the Chiefs so I actually quadrupled up on them I am taking the Chiefs not one not two not three but four times this week four out of my seven picks will be the Chiefs so this getting a little bit shy on the Bills I mean I I figured it would have been Buffalo you took for all four of them I mean, I love the Bills, but Baltimore, I think, is a very tricky draw. I mean, that that's a hard game to pick. So, yeah. I went with the Chiefs in this one for all three of my locks plus my game of the week. And, obviously, this could put me a great lead ahead of you if something were to happen to a few of your picks. And this could put me in the driver's seat beyond driver's seat. So Now I'm really uh... – torn on what I want to happen with that Chiefs game. <laughs> well, if if you were to quadruple up, that would make no sense for you because then you can't gain any ground on me if I were to uh, win or lose. So that wouldn't really make any sense for you to do the same thing as me regarding that. But, yeah. you know, I am taking the risk, but I think it is a calculated risk. I think, yeah, I think the Chiefs are probably the – I'm not going to jinx it, knock on wood, but they're probably – the highest, the biggest gap between them and their opponent out of all four of the games playing. I mean, the Rams could beat almost anybody on any given night if they really wanted to. And same with Baltimore and the Bucks. I think you just got three strong favorite or four strong favorites versus four teams that could show up, could not show up. I know we usually don't talk spreads on this show, but Sky, do you think the Chiefs are going to cover that 10-point spread? Yeah, I'd take the Chiefs to cover. I agree. I would. I just I just don't think they're the Cleveland's defense is nearly nearly as good as they're going to need to be to at least force the Chiefs to get off the field, you know, probably four times in that game to be able to win and I just don't see them doing that. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt need to come to play, and Baker Mayfield needs to elevate his game to that shootout that he had with Mahomes in college. If he could play like that, they have a chance. But, Sky, it's a great slate of games this week. I mean, a lot of tough picks in this week. 
and we're going to see this division around. But I think that wraps it up for us on this 31st episode on the Phenom NFL show. All righty, so I guess that is a good ending point here. And my name is Samuel Sherry at Sky Flanagan. Have a good one.